Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. Thank you for tuning in to the interview show. Today's guest is Lachlan Cross. Before we get to him, I want to say thank you and welcome to all the new subscribers. Uh, please, if you haven't already subscribed, wherever you're watching or listening to this, there's probably a subscribe button, maybe a follow button. Give that a click. If there's a five star or a thumbs up, give it one of those. If you want to drop me a comment to say how much you love or hate me, I'll take that too. All the engagement helps. So with all the uh, that out of the way, let's get to my interview with Locke. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. Today, my guest is Lachlan Cross, host of The Locker Room weekday mornings on 95.7 Cruise FN out of Edmonton and co-host of the Dean Bundell podcast, Monday to Friday, three-ish. It's like a three-ish. One-ish my time, three-ish-ish. <laughs> Yeah, he's quite good at not being on time. Dean, it's a skill. You know what else he does a lot too is because uh, we book these little time slots, right? Like I, I'll, I'll message Rookie, the production, for anyone who maybe not know him, but uh, Rook is kind of head of production here around here, and I'll book yeah. a half hour. And then uh, inevitably, Dean is in here, and I have to kick him out, including today. <laughs> you just missed him. I was like, Dean, I fucking have the time. Get out of here. Uh, so I got to kick him out consistently. That's um, funny. So- Locke, thanks for agreeing to do this. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What time do you get up to start your day? Um, well, this week I was up stupid early. I was up at 3 o'clock because we were doing this bit where we were hiding boxes of Lucky Charms around the city. And then we had to, uh, then we gave clues away on the radio and people had to go find them and they want a prize pack or whatever. Because yeah. I've got a little person on the show, James P. White. And he dresses up for years now. He's been making money on the side. It's like one of his side hustles. He he goes to bars during St. Patrick's Day and whores himself out and um, does this Patty the Leprechaun. We've changed it to Peter now because I don't know why. It just seemed funnier. <laughs> uh, and he gets paid like 100 bucks an hour to just go get drunk at bars. And so we decided to exploit that. We have a little person. He's only four feet tall. And use it for the radio show. And so he's literally dressed up in his leprechaun costume. And we're driving around the city. Thank God the price of gas went up, eh? (laughs) And we've been flying around hiding these boxes of Lucky Charms. So I was up this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. Had a shower. Went and grabbed him. And then we were... But normally I get up at about 3.30. That gives me enough time to work out. I do a quick little... 15, 20, 25 minute yoga thing in the mornings. And then I have a shower and then I grab a, you know, grab Jimmy, grab a coffee and I'm at work by five. And then we are on the air just before six. So between so, your show, Dean's show, and not a lot of free time during the day. No, no. And <laughs> I, I don't want to give away any of the magic, but you, you kind of have to prepare for a show. Yeah. So there's a lot of prep behind the scenes 
And um, I'm never going to, you're never going to hear me complain about my job. I'm in radio. There's guys on a roof right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's like, we do not have a real job. So uh, it, it is time consuming. And the, the Dean thing gradually worked into like a Monday to Friday thing in the last year. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed it. it it's um, this podcast world we've, we've sort of, I've always sort of dipped my toe into it over the years, but it's been one of those things where, I don't know, um, what am I going to do a podcast on? Right. (laughs) So getting like waved in to the Dean Blundell podcast network as, as sort of a host, a co-host with him, um, has been, has been good because I've been able to sort of get used to figure out what this is and, yeah. and, and, and I get to sort of ride the the wave of somebody who's been very successful in the broadcasting industry in, in Canada. That podcast is quite huge. I don't know if Brooks told you uh, about some of the numbers. It's just, it's just ridiculous how many downloads and how many people are watching live now. It's just been growing and growing. It's massive. It's massive. It's a good show. And it's because it's like, you know, with all due respect to everyone else who goes on the show, it's on the it's on the strength of you the the camaraderie that you and Dean have together. It's I I, I think the chemistry huge. between the two of us has sure. has not only grown, but I think it's a big part of of. Um, but we've also got a cast of characters, yourself included, that that uh, that are living in this podcast sort of realm that jump in and contribute. And it's and I I said to Dean. I, the thing that I love about it is radio is so competitive and it's just, it's, it's sort of like you're, you're not really, there's no real sharing of resources or anything like that. Like I'm not phoning up my buddies and getting help with a bit or, you know what I mean? In radio, it's never been that Dean has taken this, this, these group of misfits and thrown this network together and it's become this kind of community. And and everyone is just, yeah, sharing and, and, and it's, it's just, it's really cool. It's, and I think it's made me a way better broadcaster being a part of it as well. It's been fun. You can take it forward to your morning gig. Absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, it, it has, it has helped me out. I play a different role on the podcast than I do on my show, yep. uh, but it has made me better in both, right? In both positions. So, uh, you know, look, we're the, it's the nerd dad podcast. I always try to look at everything through a parenting lens. Um, I know you have two daughters. Uh, one is a, a dancer. One is studying film. Um, so the creative genes spilled mm-hmm. from you <laughs> into your offspring. Is your wife creative? Um, yes. In, in a different sort of, my wife is very, very creative. And okay. um, she has a business job. And she's, she, uh, she works for the government. And if you met her, you might not know it, but I've never met anybody like she can sit. She sold all the girls Halloween costumes, um, any kind of craft or anything like she's really good at that. And it's untaught. There was no classes. She can just, she just do it. And she's amazing at it. She's also very, she's handier than me. If something (laughs) needs to be fixed or we're putting flooring in, she's doing it. Like I'm, and I'm standing there waiting for her to tell me what to do. It, so it's an odd kind of dynamic that, that we have, right? Cause I do this and I I've played in bands my whole life. And, and I know that that has plays a part in what the girls decided to do. 
but I think the bigger part of it was that we never, we never put any pressure on the girls, both my wife and I to do something in particular. We just sort of presented opportunities for them and hope that they would find something that they love. And both of them have, and both of them are excelling at it. Um, So I I think that that was what, because we never said, oh, you can't do that. Like, you're never going to make any money at that. You got to go be a plumber, right? (laughs) Like there was never any conversations like that. We just encouraged them to explore whatever that they they wanted to. And then I had sort of a parenting strategy. My wife did the heavy lifting as far as parenting goes, Joe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I'm not going to lie about that because I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a workaholic and, and so she, she is, she's done most of the, the, the parenting through the years. Both my daughters are out of the house now, but I, I just remember saying to my wife, I want to keep penises out of them. So we got to keep them busy because <laughs> it's the, it's the kids with time on their hands that are getting into trouble. It's Our kids. Same, same reason why my no... dad didn't want me to be an altar boy. He wanted to keep the penises out of me. <laughs> And that that's a hundred percent lock. I'm not I'm not making this up. When when we were my, my mom's Catholic, my dad is kind of no denomination. Uh when they got married and they were having the conversation about kids, uh my dad said, I'll let you baptize them, but they can't be altar boys. That was his one rule about yeah. the now I, ultimately I decided to kind of shy away from religion as I became a teenager, but that was his one rule. No altar boys in for my sons. <laughs> you know what? Um I actually again uh, uh, you know my wife and I see eye to eye on how we raised the, the girls and, and, and I had minimal involvement, but I had a couple of rules. One was I'm not driving a minivan and okay. two, there's no religion in my, not that we need to go down this path at all, but I am wildly anti-religion and to the point where my girls were in, were not in the public school system in St. Albert because the public is Catholic. And when we got here and my wife told me that, I'm like, no, my kids are not going to a Catholic school. So the second tier, which was fine, it ended up being French immersion that they went after anyway. The second tier is not the the main the the main tier of, of the school system in St. Albert. And I was completely fine with it. Actually, they were going to do the Lord's Prayer. And there was a letter sent out saying, what do you think? And I was ready to go down to the school and protest. I was. Yeah, I, I I, like it. I am vehemently against r- religion. I think it's again, we don't I, I, I don't want to fire you up. I don't want to fire I know though. <laughs> I know yeah because yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, I look I I I my 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 perspective on religion is I respect it, uh and I I, I but it's not for me. Yeah. But I'm not gonna force it on anyone. I don't want to hear about it either. Yeah, well, I am against religion. I'm not against faith. That's I think fair. people need something to believe in. And yeah. I have a lot of respect for friends in my life that don't go to a building and don't prescribe to some structure of religion, but believe in God. Yep. And and that's that's important to them. Jimmy, my co-host, James, yeah. the little guy, very religious, does not go to church. We don't talk about God he had that's for him and it's it's personal to him and he doesn't ever bring it up with me and i've never seen him talk to anybody about it and would never push it on anybody i have so much respect for that it's the 
the the the side of religion that that comes with the judgment and the if you don't do this you are clearly not a good person that drives me absolutely crazy about religion because you can be a good person you don't need a book or some structure you can be a good person in the world without believing in something that you don't believe in or I don't believe in or you know what i mean yep anyway no it yeah. it's a it's not for everyone and I think uh, a lot of times it does more damage than it intends to. I think you're right. Yeah. But I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pivot hard on this one. Okay. So, That's fine. I can keep you. up. Thank you. Uh, every every person in Canada has a high-performing hockey player or they know of a high-performing hockey player. So mm-hmm. that parenting journey has been told a thousand times. However, you're... Uh, one of your daughters. Is it your older daughter? My youngest. Uh, her nickname is Bluebird, and yes. her name is Riley. Riley, Riley is, is over the dancer. hungry right now. Uh, yes. Dancing. So she has been a, a high performer in that field, in that art form, presumably her whole life. What was that yes. like? Uh, and, and, you know, what what's the environment like? Is it is it competitive? Is it... Is the is the yes. arena booked early, so you have to do dance practice at six a.m.? Like, what what's the situation like? So we we did the we threw the kitchen sink at the girls. We okay. threw skating, soccer, girl guides, everything and anything at them. Right, and um, uh, my oldest tried a bunch of stuff. She was in and out of different stuff, and she kept she kept with the girl guides, and and she did a bit of dance herself. Um, uh, but we we get we gave them opportunities to do a bunch of things. Um, my youngest, when she was five, we put her in a dance class. She was obsessed with it. Um, she would run home and run to her room and close her door and create dances. And um, for her seventh birthday, she wanted a, a a ballet bar in her room. So we literally put mirrors up all over the room and in, and built a bar on her room and put this this mat down on the floor so she could dance and she just excelled at it and it's it was a, a, a not a not a passion a, an obsession when she was about 9 or 10 they started throwing her into the into the, the different classes with girls much older than her um, and her ballet teacher came to us when she was uh, 11 years old and said, hey, your daughter's really good. And we went, yeah, isn't she? She's she loves it. And and she said, no, 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 no. Your daughter's really good. I want her to apply for the Royal Winnipeg Ballet in Winnipeg, which ironically, we had just left Winnipeg and moved here to Edmonton because of a job opportunity for for old Papa. and." Um, we were like, really? And she's like, yes, no, she is, she is um, amazing. And we're like, okay, all right, well, we'll, we'll figure this out. And when she was 11, she tried out in the spring and she turned 12 that summer, actually in Winnipeg at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet Summer Camp. And, um, the school, they, they, they grabbed her right away. They wanted her to try out 
in the from the auditions in the spring through the dance co which was the school that she was going to here in st albert they wanted to uh to to for her to go to the summer program which is a month-long thing in july to try out for the, the the program and they phoned us two days in to the camp and said we want her for for september and we're like what <laughs> 11. She hadn't even turned 12 yet. She was turning 12 on the 14th of July. And we're like, holy, what? No, yeah. hold on. And so the wife and I said, we need some time to think about this. And um, we, we, we put the brakes on it and we said, we need to talk to our daughter. And when she came home, we kind of expressed some concern that she might be a little too young to be living on her own, like literally from like the whole school year, yeah. um, coming home for like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, she was like, I get that. My daughter is oddly stoic, stoic. It's, it's, she's way ahead of her years. Like she's um, hyper, hyper focused and, uh, and, and uh, yeah. And, wildly mature but immature in some respects it, it, it yeah she's she's a she's a lot of work anyway we said no phoned the school back and they said well we want her to come back next year so we said to riley we said we're going to keep you here we're going to keep you here the school wants you back again for the summer program and what i what i said to my wife was i said we got to let her make the decision I don't want this to ever be, you guys forced me to go and I didn't want to go and you ruined my life la, 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 like that. We didn't want that. Right. So we told her, we said, we're going to keep you because we think it's too early. We, we can't wrap our heads around you going. This is all, this all just came like flooding towards us. Right. Right. This is a pastime for our daughter. We take her to dance after school and all of a sudden some schools call and they want her at 12 years of age to live full time you know, two provinces away. We couldn't wrap our heads around it. So at Christmas, we got, um, my wife and I got a, a letter from Riley that year. And it was in, it was underneath the tree and it was addressed to mom and dad. Oh God, am and I going to cry? It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't right. know, Joe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> in the letter it talked about how much as a 12 year old kid would write how much she loved dance and how much she wanted to go to the royal winnipeg ballet and we're like all right decisions made she went she got in again and she was there from the time she was 13 until she was 18 19 wow then she went to spain for a year and then she got into a company in hungary and she's been there for a year. She's 21 right now. That's Actually, amazing. she just turned 22. Amazing. So it literally went from 
pastime to some keen-eyed teacher. There's talent here. When I say eh. pastime, she was dancing six days a week. Okay, that's not a pastime. That's... Yeah, it, it, it's insane. And yeah. and you know what? I always had a little chuckle about friends who complained about how much hockey cost. D- recitals, dances, schools. It was it's thousands of dollars. We we were paying out of pot. We got grants. We got grants to help us. But when she got into the Royal Winnipeg Ballet with flights, school, shoes, because this was all on us. Yeah. That the school took her and gave us an opportunity to apply for a loan and helped us a bit in that regard. But it was on us. And it was about between twenty and $25,000 a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so if you got a goalie, you might be able to touch that. If you got a kid that's on the path of being a goalie in hockey, you might be, you might get there, but, uh, but there's not much that compares to um, ballet and, and, and that, that kind of intense training. That is wild. Um, so, so now we're, now we're here and I'm going to, I'm going to show a map here just to, to provide some reference. Um, so she's over in Hungary. Yeah. She's in Budapest. Which is, if I'm not mistaken, kind of northern-ish in this area here, I think. It's kind uh, of in the middle. Yeah. And uh, obviously yeah. connected to Ukraine. Russia's right there. Three weeks ago, the whole world comes to a fucking standstill as Russia decides they're going to move into Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. What does that conversation become? We are not... We're trying not to scare her. Okay. Um, but we're... There's been a lot of conversations... Uh, behind the, you know, my wife and I about her being there and about being so close. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. It's a little, it, she's in her twenties. She's a young adult. She actually has an audition for a company in Israel <laughs> out of the frying pan into the fire. I was going to say much um, safer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's a contemporary school. That's very interested in school company very interested in her she has to go to denmark at the beginning of april to audition and she may be leaving hungary here um sooner than later actually i think it's a yeah i think she would be hired by the company at the end of august so she might even come home and and hang out with uh, mom and dad for the summer if she gets that this this opportunity um and there's a couple of other things that have that pop up but it's a, it's a wildly competitive industry covid has um, has made it very difficult for young dancers who are trying to get, a, you know, jumpstart a career. So she's had to bounce around, had to do a lot of adi- auditions and stuff um, online and, and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, the, the war is really, really bothering us. And I just, we're not sure what to do. We're, we're at a loss, to be honest with you. My first instinct was let's just get her home, yeah. right? What if that freaking lunatic drops a nuke, right? Like, uh, and then it's too late, and you know. But I, I, you can't live your life like that in fear. And there's millions and millions of people in Europe, and they're not all trying to get to Canada to stay with you know friends and family in Edmonton. So, so we're trying to trying to think of it from that perspective too, right? How does she feel about it? Uh, my daughter is wildly independent. Okay. Unbelievably focused on her dance career. And this isn't bothering her in the least. 
Sounds so like the way uh, based upon what you said earlier about you being a workaholic, sounds like she got that from you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got she got mom's athletic ability because I she didn't get any of that from me, thank God. Um, and she got all dads crazy, and it's a perfect combination um, to be successful in the dance world. Because if you are going to be good in ballet, and she's in the uh, she's now on more of a contemporary path. But if you're going to be good in, in ballet, you have to be, I'm sorry to anybody that's listening that might have kids that are in ballet and be really good at it. You have to be a little bit freaking crazy, Joe. Because <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a wildly difficult sport and you, you have to be hooked up a certain way. And for, to, to, I mean, just imagine dancing around on your toes. No, like, I can't. She's in pain constantly. I like have trouble walking on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the idea yeah. of dancing. I, yeah. I've seen the image of the ballet dancers and the the, the toes On down. Point. Yeah, yeah. it's no. it's insane. It just destroys your body. She's already had um, one major knee surgery at sixteen, which put her out. And the thing about when you've got a high performing athlete, um, the thing that you have to really really worry about is if they're not doing that sport, they crash mentally. So my daughter is, uh, has, has zero anxiety, stress, no issues around performance, working out and the dance world. She has anxiety issues around, um, like odd, like weird stuff, like social situations, um, and, and not being able to dance. So we're kind of worried as parents of a, you know, a young 20 something who, uh, is in a in a career where she's only going to be able to go so long. Her body won't. I mean, there you don't meet too many thirty year old ballerinas. It just it's not a thing. It's like a tennis player. They kind of burn out by the time they're thirty. Yeah, yeah. It kills. It destroys your body. Yeah. Um. And um. You know. Now. You know. The conversation is about how are we going to sort of work with her and, and help her out um, when she crashes. Cause she crashed big time when she hurt herself, when she had to go through surgery. So, yeah. And, and I didn't want her to be pilled out. So we've kind of taken a more holistic approach to, to her mental health and, 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 and we're not as involved. She's got her own tools and things that she's, she's, she's a really smart girl. Um, but when you, when you, when you're dealing with mental illness on any level, um, you know, it, it, it can, it can just crash you, just kill you. Right. Knock Absolutely. you right out. Look, yeah. as, as someone who openly talks about my, my problems, it's, it's anxiety regarding people. And it's funny you, you mentioned that because I would say almost to a T every person I know who is creative in some form is super comfortable when they're doing that activity mm -hmm. all other times though they're nervous as shit uh, i know stand-up comedians who don't want to socialize and they're nervous but as soon as they take the mic it yeah. goes away even today talking to you lock and you and i have talked numbers of times before before yeah. you came on i get little butterflies in my stomach as soon as we started it all goes away because it's like we're in the moment and we're being creative but all that other shit around it it's terrifying for for some of us so Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't have any of that. Like I don't get, I, I've got all the crazy stuff, but I've, I've been very lucky. I've, I've avoided the anxiety. And so watching that 
and 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 seeing it uh and it my my wife's side of the family has it um so being you know outside looking in it's um it's hard to watch it it, it really is right because you can't and, help and you don't get it you don't get that paralyzation that they go through um and and you feel just helpless because you can't you can't help they got to be able to pull them they got to pull out themselves right so yeah and, and the, the best thing I can say, and, and this is the advice I give to almost anyone who's struggling with anxiety, is uh, it, it, if you feel like you're drowning, reach out for help. Otherwise, ride the wave as best you can, because that's all you can do. Yeah, we've gotten her a lot of talk therapy. Yeah, it's right? super helpful. Yeah. See, and I that's where you want to give me anxiety. Tell me <laughs> I got to go to a therapist. They're good people. Well, they help. <laughs> They help. I would yeah. be a mess without my therapist. <laughs> I would just. My be, wife has been trying to get me into therapy for years. She thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> I, I I go once every three weeks or so, and uh, at this point, it's kind of like just a tune-up. Yeah, because I, I I went through I went through the hard bullshit. I did through you know I've had the hard personal growth. Now it's like every three weeks or so, I just connect for an hour and kind of reset, <laughs> and that's a. Good, good for, for you. me, man. Uh, you know what? And I, I, I've encouraged that. And, and having somebody in the family that has dealt with some issues, right, uh, around this sport and this and and this, you know, stuff that we we all we had to learn. We like we're not we're not dance. We, we aren't a dance family. We didn't have somebody in this. This was sort of dropped in our laps, and we're like, all right, okay, I guess we're dealing with this. Yeah, um, we're dance you people know, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're. <laughs> Well, and that's one thing. That's some other advice I'll give if anybody is is just jumping into that world. Stay out of the. My wife and I are really good. My wife even better than me of staying out of the drama, of of the whole thing. We we skated through the drama at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, and and previous to that, the dance school. Ironically, the dance school here with all the kids, and there was like dance moms and comp competitive, and it was just. We just like, eh, we're not going to get involved in that. And we're just going to sort of isolate ourselves from that and live over here. Stay away from it. Don't because you'll get sucked in. And yeah. And then and then it kills it for the kids. Right. You know, like the mom and dad don't want to be there anymore. Well, the mom and dad don't want to be dad there or, or yeah, you know, well, the hockey world, too. I mean, I, I think a lot of families deal with that. There's a lot of drama in that and competitive shit. And it's nuts. Yeah. He yeah. is Lachlan Cross. It's been 30 minutes, my friend. Oh, really? We that was quick. We, it goes quick. We did 30 minutes. He we didn't Lachlan even talk Cross. about my other kid. She's great. I saw her on Dean once. <laughs> my other kid is awesome. Hey, can I give you some advice before we go, sign off? Go for it. Uh, my oldest, Natasha, she's at Ryerson. She's actually graduating this uh, spring. We're going to Toronto to check out her film. And um, she's she's just a, she's going to be more successful than my other one. Uh, but the dance thing is very, very like it's the, the the story behind it's unbelievable. But I have advice, and this is something that uh, that has happened to me numerous times. People will meet me, hear me on the show, have a very strong opinion about me, and then they'll meet my family and go, "What? It, like this? None of this makes any any sense at all." And um, I've always been asked because people are kind of shocked what we've created my wife and i with my involvement and uh, i always said listen there's one rule there is only one rule in parenting and if you do this your kids will be successful 
and you and you'll be fine. They just have to know you love them. That that's that's the only thing that you need to worry about because parents and 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 people having kids and starting families at all different ages are all freaked out. I was freaked out. We started young. And, uh, and that's the only advice I've ever given. And that's the only thing I ever say to anybody when they see my kids and go, how did, what's that? Like they're <laughs> normal and they're successful. How did that happen here? So that's what I tell people. Unconditional love, man. That's where it's at. It is Joe. They just got to know. So I tell them all the time. I still do. They're in their twenties. I still tell them. I'm sure they love that. I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm sure they actually love that now. It sounded sarcastic. Uh, I didn't mean it to. <laughs> no, no. It, I know. I know. They they do. They appreciate it. They'll poke fun at dad, but they, they do appreciate it. Of course they would. That's, that's how we show love, right? And you yeah, poke yeah. fun. You make fun of the ones yeah. you love. Yeah. <laughs> Lachlan Cross, host of The Locker Room, uh, 95.7 Cruise FM out of Edmonton, and co-host of the Dean Blundell Podcast right here on the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you uh, giving me uh, a, a little bit of time to talk about parenting right now. If anybody has any advice on what to do with a kid in Hungary, send me a note. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I want to thank Lachlan Cross again for his time. Uh, he is super busy, as you can tell, uh, between his two shows and uh, requests on his time just to appear on different podcasts and, and talk to different people. So, greatly appreciate him taking the time to talk to us and give us some perspective from a different angle one that we haven't explored yet here so that was awesome thank you so much Locke. uh what else do i want to do here i want to thank deanblundell.com look if it wasn't for deanblundell.com the podcast wouldn't exist i wouldn't know Locke. you see how this starts to unravel here he's the key to a lot of this and uh you heard us Really complimenting him early in that show. So, DeanBlundell.com, Canada's number one podcast network. His show is fantastic. You've already heard about it. I'm not going to pump his tires anymore. Um, and he's coming on the show. I've already worked it out with him. Uh, I, I've always had this vision of him coming on the show for 100th episode. Uh, I confirmed that with him. We're at like 83, 84, I think now. So, we're getting up there. And uh, I think I'm going to do an hour with Dean. We'll make it a special episode for my 100th. So when we get there, it'll be me and Dean for an hour. And uh, we'll talk parenting with him. He's got a couple of boys that he's very proud of. Maybe a few. Three boys? I should know that. Anyways, we'll talk parenting with Dean and uh, his experiences. And He's got some stories, my friends. So look forward to that one in the future. And uh, until then, be well, be safe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Damn. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. 
Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.